0: Night o'clock and a half quarter, six and seven eighths, or thereabouts. <laughs> Sleeping peacefully in the hostel, Fred. <laughs> I'll say that again.
1: it <laughs> again, <laughs> Sleeping
0: peacefully in the Hotel Fred (laughs) are the delightful young newlyweds, Nugent and Mrs. Dirt. Just a quick note about today's episode unfortunately about 10 minutes or so of the recording um was totally unusable just due to some gremlins um lots of um, clicks and pops and whizzes and pops <laughs> and all manner of noises on the actual uh, uh, on part of the recording so i had to uh, jettison that part so um the show may be slightly shorter than usual this week as a result um, but hopefully it will not impair your listening pleasure. Uh, my guest this week is Heather Wainwright. Hello. Who is the co-host of the wonderful RetroTube. I've had um, your, your co-host on a couple of times, Adam.
1: Yes, he's a very, he, he, you got the best half those two, those other times, I swear.
0: <laughs> oh, hush your mouth.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: RetroTube is it's a marvellous sort of look back at... Well, I would say generally classic old telly or uh, TV generally from, I guess, the 60s and the 70s, isn't it?
1: Uh, well, it's it's certainly a look back. I don't know how marvellous it is, but we do our best. Uh, yeah, uh, we look at any television programme from the 1960s to the 1980s uh, and one week i haven't got a clue what the show is about and adam will will choose a show for us to watch and then the following week it's my turn and i will choose something that he's probably never heard of and um we will we will have a chat and see what we think of it and we haven't we haven't really fallen out yet although we did come close in the last one because he really did not like the teenage mutant ninja turtles and uh, we nearly got divorced um, but it's fine. We're safe now. We went to couples therapy. It's all. It's all fine. He's just wrong.
0: <laughs> did, did you have to sort of t- talk him down from a roof? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. He didn't start rocking in the corner. It wasn't like me with that Doctor Who episode about the gunfighters.
0: <laughs> I've obviously I've listened to to, to many of your your, your episodes of RetroTube, it's very much that uh, Adam tends to sort of lean towards the more sort of fantastical, the more sci-fi-ish fare, whereas you're very much the sort of, is it the the ITC, the, the big sort of glossy, action-packed 60s shows, yeah?
1: Blummin' love an ITC show in love it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um the Champions Randall and Hopkirk, the Avengers, any anything like that. And it, the the thing the thing is, and I think i probably kind of uh it probably sounds like I'm I'm not really into, you know, any anything too too daft, but the reason I like it so much is because they're all so, so wonderfully, gloriously daft. Um, the plot holes are bigger than my bottom. Um <laughs> it just the scripts are ridiculous and um, everything about it is just so beautifully earnest and very shiny and everybody's got great hair and I I kind of get a little bit of hair envy a lot over everybody, even the women. Um, So yeah. (laughs) Oh, just, yeah. I I love all that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: And one thing I have picked up from RetroTube is that you've got this um, strange fascination, dare I say, um, an inclination towards John Thor, craggy old John Thor.
1: (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it it turns out, and this 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 is this is genuinely not me being weird. <laughs> it just so happens that I've I I moved house recently, um, and I've moved to the village next to the village he grew up in, uh, oh, right. so, in Manchester. Yeah. So uh, every time I I go through Gorton, I always kind of have a little look out to see if there are any John or likes. There never are. There never are. I think I think he was probably just a one-off. Name. And, and yeah. London got him <sighs> yeah um, <clears throat> a
0: couple of friends of mine, uh, one of them's been a guest on here uh, uh, tilt they used to have this idea that um, what if the Beatles had had made a hard day's night and that had been a success but then you know what if what if they didn't what if a hard day's night was like the peak yeah um, and they had this idea that um you know by sort of maybe late 64 they were given their own sitcom. And it was it was the four of them, obviously living in the same house, uh, foreshadowing help. Yeah. Uh, but their next door neighbour was played by John Thor.
1: I think that'd be a great idea. Uh,
0: a character called Frankie. You know, he was a bit of a le- leather jacket wearing sort of bit of a hood, bit of a yeah. player,
1: um, mm.
0: and and didn't really uh, hold with these long haired um Well, he so wouldn't. Yeah, a lot of tension there. There's,
1: there's um, a big, there's a big Liverpool divide here. So yeah, that would be. <laughs> I think that would have been a really, a really weird dynamic to watch. I think that would have been really funny.
0: Anyway, um, yes, we we are gathered here today. We're gathered here today. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the two of. Uh, I wasn't Robbie.
1: expecting this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, uh, the two of us are here today. Yes, um, we are. To to obviously talk about the Goon Show or a specific Goon Show, but before we sort of go into that, um, now, right? I was, I was doing my preparation yesterday, okay, oh. uh, and you know I try and do quite a bit of prep, um, okay. and I don't I, for the life of me I don't know why I wrote this down because I've, I try not to write down too much in terms of I t- I don't like to script anything, but I've written down here as a question. <laughs> What in Blue Blazes introduced you to the Goon show? Okay. So, so, <laughs> like a like um like um James Robertson Justice all of a sudden.
1: Wow, uh, <laughs> the, the thing is, knowing what introduced me or knowing who introduced me to the Goon show, the mm. what in Blue Blazes thing is more accurate than you will probably think. <laughs> Mm. Um it I, I mean I think a lot of people probably get introduced to the goons maybe maybe through parents or or whatever. Um my dad was um my dad was born in 1935 and he probably I don't think he was really that much of a goon fan. I think he, he I don't think he minded them. I think he was more into Itmar on the radio at, at the time. Um mm. it's that man again. Yeah. Um and also he was obsessed with and I've never heard any of this, but apparently back in the forties and fifties there was a radio ventriloquist, I swear to God.
0: Oh yeah, there was um uh, 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 Peter Bruff and, and Archie uh yes. educating Archie. Yeah. Yes,
1: he was obsessed.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Miss Julie Andrews. That was splendid. Your voice improves with time.
1: Yes, your voice is the same, sir, and it might improve.
0: Doing what? A different kind of time. Uh, uh, uh. Followed by.
1: He loved that. He loved that. Right. Um, so the, the goons were never really on my... Like, they, they were never in my sphere of knowledge, really, as sort of growing up. But when I was... When I was about 17, um, we went over to um, like family friends house for tea one night and um, we hadn't seen them for years and years and years and we were all sort of like sat around talking and the the husband of of the of the couple kept talking about the goon show and I was like what what is this what is the goon show what is it what is it and he's like oh it's this it's this radio show that used to be Um, it used to be on in the 50s. It was brilliant. You know, it just, it was just really wacky and madcap. And, oh, it was, they just don't make it like that anymore. And I was like, oh, I don't think I've heard it. And he's like, well, have you heard of Spike Milligan? I was like, yeah, I've heard of Spike Milligan. I used to love the ratties. Um, He was like, "Have you heard of Pete Sells? Like, "Yeah, yeah, I know Pete Seles. I, I you know, I've seen the pimp uh, pamp. Yeah, I know, I know, I know him." And he was like, "Well, have you heard of Harry Seacock?" I was like, "Oh, your man of songs of praise. yeah <laughs> 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 And he was like, "Well, just forget all of those things, <laughs> but bear in mind that they're all in it." And I was like, "Oh right, okay." And he had, I think he had a record, and he put it on, and that was that was it. That was it. The end.
0: I Do you just, remember which one it was? Which episode? I can't which?
1: Can't remember for yeah. the life of me. It was. Uh, it like I say, I was about seventeen, so it was like. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was. It was a little while ago. Um, yeah. but you
0: you're, you're, Sorry, just to make it clear, because um, my dad also was born in 1935, mm. um, but I'm considerably older than you, um, because you're in your thirties, aren't you?
1: I am. I am, yeah. No, I was I was an I was a giant accident. There was a really boring <laughs> night on telly one night in October nineteen eighty two and then I happened. Um so yeah, uh, the no, nobody was more shocked or yeah. indeed disappointed than my mother when she found out. Yeah. Um <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean she 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 got used to it in the end. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah. um yeah, no, I uh, and I remember having this conversation with my dad, um, only, only, only a few, like maybe, maybe four or five years ago, before, like before mum got really ill and before, like, they both died. Um, and I was like, "And I, I know I'm an accident, it's, it's fine, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, like, you know, wait, it, it sounds weirder if anything's planned. And my dad looks at me and he goes, <clears throat> I'm not being funny, Ed, but you were all accidents, I never wanted any kids. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> oh, God. Uh,
0: such, oh, mem- such memories to cherish.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then, as soon as he said it, he realised what he'd said, and he just died laughing. It was, it was, it was great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I once took him to a to, to um, a, Han- a Tony Hancock Appreciation Society convention in Birmingham, yes. <laughs> and um, I mean, it was it was really it was really interesting. I had a great time it was a really long day though um dad was getting a little bit sort of a little bit anxious to get home because it was all the way down in birmingham and you know we we don't travel that far south usually um and it there was like somebody had given a bit of a talk and there was a lull but like everybody was still kind of paying attention <laughs> and we were kind of sat pretty much on the front row my dad turns to me and tries to whisper, but unfortunately, my dad never mastered the art. He goes, "Hey Ed, what are we getting out of here?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I was too embarrassed to go the next year.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh. That oh, kind God. of that, that
0: kind of that kind of plain speaking generation is dying out, isn't it? You know, like. It's- the, the the sort of you know, like you you go and visit your elderly aunt and she'd say, mm. Oh, she'd open the door to you, and she'd say, oh, oh, nice to see you, when are you leaving? You know, yes. that sort of thing. A yeah. lot
1: a lot of that, a lot of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um okay, so you heard the Goon show and you, you were you were enchanted?
1: I was um, enchanted. That is that is certainly the word. I um then went and got as as many as many episodes as I could find, and I was it, this was this was before I passed my driving test. Um, it took me a really long time to do that. Um, so I'd listen to I'd listen to the Goons on the bus on the way to work, and I just I'm pretty sure I drove a busload of people mental every single morning because <laughs> yeah. I I'd, I'd be there just like crying. Um, a various episodes, and and I have I have particular memories of of the episode that we we listened to today. I have particular memories of that one just absolutely just destroying me um but there was there was that and then there was episodes like napoleon's piano and the flea yeah. um mm. just i can probably still quote giant chunks out of that i haven't heard for years and years but still still makes me laugh just thinking about them um the there, there was certainly a lot of wordplay and i and i love that i can't even think of an example right now but you know, you know yeah. what I mean. um yeah. but also i love how it would carry on a joke until it stopped being funny and then went right through i thought that was yes. so brave <laughs> it's like this stopped being funny five minutes ago but god damn it we're still at it and by the time we finish with you you are going to be laughing again at this same thing that isn't funny anymore um, and yeah there's, there's a lot of that and i think i think there's, there's certainly a really good a really good example of that in in the episode that we listened to tonight, um, that I that I yes. especially remember listening to on on the bus, and that was the thing that really really <laughs> killed me. Um, and and the and the gag is only of three words: I do and you don't. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and still, it took. I think it probably took about three quarters of the episode. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I must say, listen, we're being coy. We're being coy here. People will know what it is we're talking about, but it's it's the Phantom Head Shaver of Brighton. A, it's the Phantom um, Head Shaver. The, the sequence you refer to is the Minnie and Henry yes. sequence. Now, I want to ask you because I sent you a file. I you sent did. you the show, you
1: did. and it Very was
0: the, the sure. fully restored version, which is available on the Goon Show Compendium. Yes. Uh, now I'm get. I was just assuming. I made the assumption that you would probably have, um, you know, maybe the BBC release, or maybe you had, you were listening to it on BBC Sounds or Spotify or whatever. Mm. So I'm assuming that I was assuming that you wouldn't have the full version.
1: Good assumption. Uh, good assumption.
0: Yeah. So I yeah. sent you that, and there, there and there's an ex- The the Midian Henry uh, sequence in the in the full version is slightly extended, isn't it?
1: It is and now this this is quite this is quite peculiar because I seem to remember this full version of the Minnie and Henry argument when I first listened to it on i think i think it i think it was the b b c like the tape version um yeah. <clears throat> I seem to remember it like the the full version including the the shooting bit and and everything i re- i remember that but I don't remember any of the other little bits that yeah,
0: were that were
1: it out which is which is quite weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, I do have really vivid memories of like particularly the the gunshot bit. Um, right. um So I don't I don't know I don't know how I know this. <laughs> what, what, what,
0: what, 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 what? Who ever heard of a bald headed man with hair on? Eh? Well, uh, I've I've
1: heard them. Uh, I ooh, ooh. <laughs> go and tell me. Ooh, 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 uh, ooh. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to tell you. that's because not because you don't know anybody with a hairy bald head, do you? Yes. <laughs> I do, Minnie. No, you don't. I do, Minnie. Who, who? Go on, tell me, who? I don't see why I should tell you. Because you you don't know anyone with a hairy bald head, do you? I, I, I do. I do know somebody with a hairy bald head. You, you,
0: don't. I, I do. you
1: don't. I do. don't. I do. You're done. I do! Yeah! You don't! I do! I love the I love the Henry and Min little little repartees that that they do. It just uh, they yes. really they really do sound. But like whatever, Spike and Peter did whenever they had like a little back and forth like that, it always sounded like they were an old married couple, no matter who they were.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've we've speculated on here before mm. as to the exact relationship between Henry and Minnie oh, because yeah. they they're not brother and sister. Yeah. They're, they're not the assumption is they're not married because they've got different surnames.
1: That's that's certainly an assumption.
0: They do share a bedroom. You know yes. that. So, you know, what what is going on there? For you know, the nineteen fifties it's, uh, it's
1: They're in an open relationship, Tyler. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I doing? don't I don't think I don't think any man could tie Millie down unless she wanted him to. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, Phantom Head Shaver. So it's from uh, Series Five, Show Four. It's from nineteenth of October, uh, nineteen fifty-four. It was was broadcast sixty-seven years ago this month. Can you believe?
1: Blimey.
0: A couple of things. Three days before the show went out, okay, uh, Elvis Presley made his radio debut, okay, oh. uh, in in a show called uh, Louisiana Hayride, which sounds fantastic. Um. Oh. And the day before this went out, the first commercial transistor radio, the Regency TR1, was unveiled to the world. So, wow. a, a lot of radio-related sort of stuff going on around it this particular radio it, show. It? Yeah, back back in sort of '54 into '55, the Radio Times used to print very nice little synopses of that week's Goon, Goon Show. Uh, they oh. s- they sort of gave up. They sort of lost interest by the middle of series six. But you no, know, we're in series five here. So
1: if, if you just,
0: on. <laughs> yeah if you will just indulge me for a minute and I'm, I'm just going to read I'm gonna read the synopsis that, that's in the radio Times because it pretty much covers the show and it means that we don't have to you know go into too much detail um, oh. <clears throat> uh, during the hot summer of 1898 Mr. and Mrs. Nugent dirt were just one of many honeymooning couples enjoying the bracing air of Brighton then one torrid night like a bolt from the blue, the phantom head shaver struck and Mr. Dirt woke up bald. Prunella, his wife, summoned him for concealing his baldness during courtship, and the great QC, Harry Seagoon, was briefed for the defence. No sooner had he arrived on the scene than the dreaded phantom struck again. This time the victim was Mr. Seagoon. As the court case dragged on, the head shaver struck again and again, 50 times, until Brighton became a city of terror. The military flung a cordon around the district, leaving only one exit at Haywood's Heath, and it was there, in a lonely railwayman's hut that the fearless Harry Seagoon finally came to grips with the dreaded shaver. Wow. Okay. Now, it's times like this, I wish it was someone like Ellen Rickman, because I could have put a bit of oomph <laughs> into that, you know? But, you know.
1: Anyway, I think, it, I think it was still beautiful the way you said it. Wow, crikey. I mean, you know, they don't say yeah. that much for films these days. I know.
0: Crikey. I know. And I've read a few of these synopses for shows in series five a lot of them really do depart from the actual plot <laughs> it's like spike just kind of writes down something random yeah that kind of has slight resemblance to the actual show that week um, but this one is very very uh, you know sticks to it
1: yeah it's beautiful it's very poetic
0: absolutely wow and and this is probably i would say from memory this is, i think is probably the third or fourth goon show i ever heard so wow. and 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 those first sort of handful those first six or seven that I heard because I started recording them from the from the second from the second one I heard I'd started recording them off, yeah. off the radio and I would play them just over and over and over again um, hard rotation as they say and yes. uh, and so this one is so familiar to me and it's just I you know I think it's better than. The the episode that precedes it, which is the the dreaded batter pudding hurler, I I think it's better than that. Uh, I would I would argue that with one exception, it's the best uh, episode of series five, and it just baffles me that it took until nineteen ninety five for the BBC to release it commercially. You know, on, on the um, double tape collection. Yeah. Uh, now it should have been it should have been one of those uh, early BBC LPs. From the seventies, you know. Yeah, uh, it
1: it should have it should have been.
0: Uh, there's a couple of characters in this particular episode that make such an impact, and they're just one-off characters. There's the prosecuting counsel. Um, is um, is his name is Windermere Ropesock QC?
1: That's a yeah,
0: name for you. That's isn't a great it? name. I love, that's one of my favourite names ever in the Goose. My love, my client, Mrs. Prunella Dirt, claims that her husband, Nugent Dirt. Did deceive her in that during their courting days, right up to their marriage night, he did in fact conceal his baldness from her without her knowledge. You've got um, Ugent and Prunella Dirt, and um, Prunella Dirt, played by Sellers, makes an amazing entrance. Help!
1: Help! Help! Oh, look at his bumps! Oh, oh my goodness! I've, I haven't heard a scream like it in quite some time. <laughs> Good heavens.
0: I know. It's, My it's... hat fell off. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry Seacon playing Nugent Dirt. Brunella,
1: are you awake, dearest
0: her? Who, I can't remember, I've not written down the amount, but he's he basically has given the choice. Uh, what was it 60 years in the nick? Or oh, pay three eight shillings. Three shillings
1: three shillings not even as much as eight I mean you know eight fair enough but he's not going to throw three shillings down the drain
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that gag that line I remember when I first heard this show I I howled I hooted I threw open (laughs) I threw open the window and shouted and hollered (laughs) it was like I just it was like I just discovered comedy
1: Oh I love that I love that. Yeah, I love those moments. I I had that that moment not with not with the goons but with an episode of the goodies. Hmm. Um the episode I don't I don't know if you've seen it I'm not sure how familiar you are with the goodies but there's an episode called the Keeping goodies. <laughs> oh good, yes. good. Yes, yep. Um and in it uh they sing they sing a sea shanty called the, the jolly rock lighthouse. Oh yeah, and, right. Uh by the end of uh, by the end of the song there is a line there's a line in it that says uh, if you're here long enough you'll probably get mumps which doesn't rhyme with anything but it's a funny <laughs> line um uh, the next thing bill and Graham look at tim and his face has swollen right yeah and so they all freak out and they they put him up where the light is so that they can keep him in quarantine and tim um, tim got really bored and lonely <laughs> and he started shouting down the, the stairs fellas I think I'm all right now. My face is starting to go down. I don't think I've got mumps anymore. At worst, I've probably got a mump. Turn the television off. I had to get home. I had to leave the room. I not <laughs> It was three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, to- I totally, I love those moments.
0: <laughs> do, do you need to go and ever lie down?
1: No, I'm fine, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> oh, I love things like. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Uh... Where are we up to? There is a sort of a plot. Well, there is a plot.
1: There's an of... actual plot, which she doesn't no. often get. Uh,
0: now, did you, when you first heard this?
1: Mm.
0: When you first heard, because you know, it is 67 years old, folks. So th- I'm gonna spoil it, but uh the, the Phantom Head Shaver is actually Wallace Greenslade.
1: Wallace Greenslade.
0: And and, and he... even thought. I know. And it's, you know, and it's an opportunity for for Wallace to uh, flex his acting chops, uh, considerable as they were. Um, Yes. And and he he's I'm still to this day, not quite sure, but it's like he's he's shaving their hair and selling it as tobacco. Yes, that's
1: that's
0: Um, pretty much the thing. But he's having a he's doing a roaring trade. You think, well,
1: he's having a great time. Yeah, but he's like a zillionaire.
0: If you go, if you went to a tobacconist, if you were to you mm. know, I'm assuming you don't smoke. If you were to try a new tobacconist, say,
1: mm.
0: and you yes. you had your pipe, and you bought this uh, three ounces of I don't know, rough shag, whatever it might be. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Wait, sorry,
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Do carry on.
0: If you if you if you put that in your pipe, you know Harry Seagoon's shaved hair into your pipe and set fire mm. to it, that's not going to taste nice. You're not going to frequent that tobacconist shop again, are you? So I'm surprised that you know he was getting presumably he was getting repeat business, or well, maybe it was just like uh, uh, being bright and It was just the you know one off customers. Um,
1: <laughs> maybe so, yeah. or maybe because it was so bad and, and it kept burning up so fast, people had to come back and buy more.
0: <laughs> very true so one of the great things about listening to these shows um, in their in their fully restored versions because the um fantastic work done by the likes of ted candle in terms of uh restoring so much of the the lost footage from a lot of these goon shows um that 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 are now available as part of the uh, Goon Show Compendium series, L- listening to these shows as they went out back in the 50s, there's a lot of topical references and, um, and yeah, some sort of more sort of um, uh, racially insensitive um, yes. references that, that, you know, have been cut out. Uh, but it's interesting. It's fascinating to listen to the shows, you know, in their full glory. And and one of the things that myself and previous guests on here have really enjoyed has been sort of doing a bit of detective work and, and looking into some of the more obscure topical references. Yeah. Um, there's a very brief scene between, we assume, Winston Churchill and Clement Attlee.
1: Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit sort of, seemed, it seemed a little incongruous
0: yeah yeah and and <clears throat> there's a line because so, so blue bottle turns up in act three as he as he yes. so often does uh gets a round of applause and then he says um in the mm. in the restored version yeah. he says um strikes defiant bus driver outside of garage pose but trousers fall down and ruin effect
1: okay
0: <laughs> um and that got a big round of applause well it, it, it got is. a re- it got a reaction from the audience anyway uh, and I thought, okay, strikes defiant bus driver pose outside of a garage. What does that mean? So, you know, half an hour on Google. And, and yeah, sure enough, October 1954, there was a, a widespread bus driver strike in London. Um, and, uh, and I've, you know what, I've got half a page of information about that. I'm not going to bore you with that. But I'll, I'll tell you what I did do. I looked on YouTube yeah. and they've got this um, Pathé News footage. From the time, but it's without audio, it's just silent. But oh. it's 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 about I think about nine or ten minutes long, and it's about the bus driver uh, strike action from 1954. And I and I watched a bit of it and I thought, oh, okay, there's, there's no audio. Oh, okay. And then I just kind of randomly just clicked at sort of like a seven minute mark on this video, mm. right? And there's this heavy set gentleman, arms crossed, stood outside this bus garage staring oh, at the camera
1: goodness.
0: and I thought oh I thought okay
1: that's what he's doing
0: okay so I'm thinking that image perhaps at that time the, you know the time the show was recorded perhaps that image had been put on a you know the front pages or it had been you know as part of the the newsreel at the cinema that people had gone to Possibly, see yeah, uh, yeah. and it, it had become a little bit you know it, people were talking about that a at the time thing. Yeah, so I'm maybe overthinking it, but I'm just you know.
1: I think that sounds quite quite reasonable because they, they did they did put a little bit of uh, a little bit of satire in, didn't they, from, from time to time? Oh
0: yeah, oh absolutely. Yeah. What do you what do you think of Blue Bottle in general?
1: I love him. I I'm sorry, I'm sorry I can't be more thingy, but yeah, I just <laughs> he's just he just makes me chuckle because he loves the attention so much. Mm-hmm. Um he is just terrified he <laughs> well, yeah. doesn't like this game the amount, of, the amount of times I have just at various points in my life said I don't like this game that's played on the nurses it, <laughs>
0: it's
1: a little bit embarrassing yes. but uh, yeah <laughs> what, um,
0: when you're 36 years old
1: yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know especially especially because I live alone <laughs> so I've only got myself to say it <laughs> don't like this game <laughs> let's play another game let's play doctors and nurses
0: he's the only he's the only character in the goon show who who knows he's in a show who knows he's yeah well i say that i mean harry Seagun, seagun's often saying dear listeners and and, and you know uh, referring to what's going on around him but blue mm. bottle is reading stage directions a lot of he
1: the reads time. The stage directions yeah yeah i love that um in fact I was watching the the other night um I don't I don't know if you've seen this it's quite it's quite a, quite a new show um like the, the second series is only just out at the moment um it's called uh, the goes wrong show and um, it's by a comedy troupe named mischief and they do in in this series they put on what they call the play of the week and there is one guy who will read out all of the stage directions
0: so yeah.
1: it he he always reminds me of Blue Bottle. Um, <laughs>
0: I've heard good things about that on on Twitter. Or seen, read good things about that, yeah,
1: it's amazing. I would a hundred percent recommend it. But yeah, there's there's a character called Dennis, and he will accidentally read the stage directions. Like for example, um, there's <laughs> there's there's a scene where um, he has he has some dialogue with one of the actresses, and he. He touches a face and then says, Sexual tension thrums between them. <laughs> and, and then he'll be like, What's the matter? Long pause. And th- th- thing, things <laughs> like that that are very, very blue Um, Although, obviously, he doesn't do the voice. I think I don't know if it'd be better if he did. But anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you never know because it's amazing how many people just doing this show, this podcast, Mm. People in their 30s and 40s and 50s love the Goon show and love Milligan and and um Yeah. And so it's not like it's because I as I I was expecting that when I started this podcast, I'd be mainly speaking to people of uh, slightly more mature years, you know. Um yes. but the majority of people have been probably in fact they could they've probably been younger than me, I suppose, or, or many of them have been younger than me, and I'm 47, you know uh so it wouldn't surprise me that I know that people like comedians like um Al Murray love Milligan and and, and oh, the goons yeah. uh, Eddie oh. Izzard of course so it wouldn't surprise me if you know the goon show was still inspiring comedy to this day
1: I'm sure I'm sure they are um you know they'll continue to because if something's funny it's just funny yeah it's one of them isn't it absolutely you know.
0: Interest interestingly just on Blue Bottle I was working my way through lots of old archive material, mm. um, which has either a direct or uh, an indirect uh, connection to the goons. Wow. And I was listening the other day to a home service documentary from 19, mm. from March 19, uh, sorry, May 1955. And this particular episode of the series was about uh, BBC variety. And they spent about 10 minutes on the Goon Show,
1: right?
0: And they were talking to the the sound guys. They were talking to Peter Eaton, the the uh, producer. There, there, there's a fascinating uh, sequence where Ray Ellington is um, finding his way around the song "Shake Rattle and Roll." I suppose and it'd all...
1: be it, it'd be like a really modern song at the time, though, wouldn't it? Like... yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for that yeah. time,
0: absolutely, yep. Yeah. And also, you've got Harry and Peter and. So you know they're in the theatre. They're they're interviewing Harry and Peter in between rehearsals. I think.
1: grip pipes in a, um, a voice from George Sanders. Uh, that's the only voice I've ever sort of you know uh, uh, borrowed, if you might say. I've never uh, never borrowed any other
0: voices, but it was the only one that fitted this character. You know, the swarms, and and if you can. If you can do it like that. I mean, it completely comes off. He's a perfect partner for Moriarty. Do you think you've done all of? The... And I was listening to this. I was thinking, and it got me scratching my chin. And I was thinking, well, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Blue Bottle. I'm
1: sure, I'm sure Blue Bottle was inspired by the Boy Scout.
0: He was, was By he? um, by yeah. Ruxt, Ruxton Hayward. That's and he name, isn't it? <laughs> 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 if you've got a name like that, you yeah, you, you have to grow it's up to be, be eccentric. Normal. No, it's fact. Yeah. Um. But um. But now I was thinking, okay. You know, for the longest time, we've been led to believe that uh, Michael Benteen had met this <laughs> this grown scout, <laughs> the scout leader, with a big red beard called Rutland Haywood, Hayward, uh, who had this strange little voice, and Michael Benteen had sent him off to talk to Peter Sellers, and Peter Sellers had appropriated the voice for Blue Bottle, yeah. and that and that would have been in '53, I suppose, '52, '53 so it's just no i mean i only mention it because it was just it was kind of intrigued me that he was sort of saying that the only voice he'd borrowed was was george sanders uh think of that what you will
1: maybe he didn't think that the bbc presenter deserved the blue bottle story
0: maybe maybe or he he was just he just couldn't be bothered he just couldn't have one on him that day because he he was
1: being peter sellers
0: he was yeah 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 uh, <laughs> um, they've put up a, a ring around Haywood's Heath or something, haven't they, to, to stop to try and catch or stop the Phantom Head Shaver. In their wisdom, they put Eccles in charge of well as guard. Um, yes.
1: And he does a great job.
0: He does. For Eccles,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he tries.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's basically in bed.
1: <laughs> He's in bed. I mean, there's no need for him to catch his death of pneumonia from a head shaver. So no. Why shouldn't he? Why shouldn't he?
0: The great thing about the goon characters is that, that that they're all cowards, aren't they?
1: They really are,
0: without exception.
1: They don't. They don't. They don't even care about trying to save face. They're just. <laughs> Straight straight up, I I don't care. I'd rather not die, thanks. <laughs> like even even later on when uh, Bluebottle's frighted um, uh, he doesn't he doesn't want to go and see who see if the shave is in the hut or wherever it is that he's hiding out. Mm. And Knuckles is like, oh, he's frightened. He's frightened. He's frightened. Why don't you pick on somebody else? Get somebody else to go in and see. is like, well, you go in, and Knuckles goes, <laughs> guess again. <laughs> <laughs> i think i think that's probably one of the things i really like about the goons is that they are so relatable yes oh and yeah can't There's, imagine ever being brave on purpose
0: well Se- see Goons is sort of sham heroic figure he, he thinks he's, he thinks he's heroic but he's not he
1: would love to be
0: yeah and i think i think <clears throat> we've not really touched on Harry seeking too much here but would you agree that The Goon Show without Seagoon or Seacon even wouldn't have worked
1: it wouldn't it wouldn't because and I, I think I think this is why Spike Melvin wrote it so well is because although he and um, Peter Sellers were obviously great funny men and both really really adept at doing different characters and different voices and doing things you know they they did a lot of the stuff, but in, in a very real way, Harry Seacombe was the one who kept everything together. Because if he if he wasn't there being Neddy Nidisi, Su Seagun and giggling everything and completely corpsing through the whole thing, it would have just been two blokes doing weird voices yeah. about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would it wouldn't have had it wouldn't have nearly the heart it did. I think I think the, the reason that you love the goon so much, is because even though you know Medici goon is not going to do very well in whatever it is that he sets his mind to this particular week, you do, you can't help but root for him because he's so <laughs> sincere and he so does want to do the right thing, but he's just a big div.
0: Yes, he's such a, he's such a stout-hearted Welsh Englishman, isn't he? <laughs>
1: he really is. <laughs> God love him.
0: Now, I don't know... I very much doubt because, I mean, we know that in shows with shows like uh, The Starlings, Spike had been inspired by real life events to write to write a goon show. Um, Now, I I doubt very much that he was inspired by anything in particular to write this show. Um, But did you know that there was there was in 1942 in the US, there was a Mississippi man known as the Phantom Barber. (laughs) Do you know about this?
1: Oh no I do not I d I don't I don't think I do.
0: He would he would break into people's houses at night and cut their hair. All right. Uh, did he
1: did he set up like a tobacconist? Or...
0: <laughs> well, I've read some some newspaper reports. I don't think so. Um I think he might've got the chair. He, you know, it was America. Uh, no, I mean, I'm joking, but he, he got, he got apprehended and chucked in clink, but I've got, a, I've got a couple of very brief um, little reports here. Cause it's, it's quite interesting. Uh, so it says here uh, the, the headline is woman's hair snipped by phantom barber. Uh, Passagula's phantom barber has ridden again. Mrs. R E Taylor reported two inches of a new permanent had been shorn by the strange sharer while she slept in a bedroom with her husband and two daughters. Okay, um, I love the fact it's called a permanent rather than a permanent.
1: I do. <laughs> that's, that's great. I uh, love the fact that he came, He crept in while she was in bed with her husband and children. Like not waking up, a husband is one thing, but like the kids stayed asleep and she stayed asleep. Like yeah. was was he was he suspended from the ceiling? <laughs> was he an actual ninja?
0: Was <laughs> Are you thinking are you thinking suspended from the ceiling a la yeah. uh, um tom cruise in Mission yes. Impossible? Yeah.
1: Yes, I am. Yes.
0: A single bead of sweat dropping yes. from his brow.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. And he have to catch it. Uh, <laughs>
0: um, <clears throat> it goes on the uh, I tom love this. Tom Cruise
1: was the Phantom Barber. It all makes sense yeah,
0: now. It all fits. He's old enough. Well, he's he's one of them Scientologists, so you know you expect well, that. Yeah. Um, it's it obviously
1: initiation
0: ceremony. Susie, <laughs> yeah, right? I love this bit. It says the tonsorial artist <laughs> had broken wow. through had broken through a window, cut her hair, and fled. Okay. Um, wow. I think a few weeks later, there's a there's another report saying that the phantom barber who broke into at least 10 homes to cut the hair of the sleeping occupants uh, has been identified as William A. Dolan, a German educated chemist. okay? Um, and it says here that uh, his motivation was to impair the morale of war workers. So I guess these people were <laughs> these people were doing some, some contributing towards the war effort. and he decided the best way to um, uh, stymie that was to to chop off their uh, their hair. Yeah, it makes sense, I suppose.
1: <laughs> I think that probably would have been a that would have been a, a better sort of plot for for this episode yeah. you know
0: Yeah because they love the war in the goon show don't they
1: they do love the war in the goon show nobody had a better tie.
0: There's always shootings and explosions and it's, it's, speaking of explosions right mm. One of my favorite recurring gags um when it comes to explosions in the goons. And it's been copied since in other things is you get as in this case you get this massive explosion and and you hear all the rubble and everything sort of dropping to the ground and it slowly sort of dissipates and, and just as just as you know the, the last sounds of the explosion are dying away you hear this single teaspoon drop on the floor <laughs> Love that. Do
1: you know, i i th- I thought you were going to say just as everything started dissipating, you hear Blue Bottle shouting, "You rotten swine!" No. You. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that normally that is what normally occurs, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. It is. I, I, I kind of th- this is a thing that I don't think is often mentioned in the goon show, um, because I the, the friend the friend who got me into the goons. Um, unfortunately he passed away um, not too long after my dad did this year, Mm. and his name's Charles, Um, he used to say that whenever Max Gildrey or Ray Ellington um, had their slot in the show, that's when everybody would go and make a brew. And I feel like that's kind of unfair, (laughs) because I feel like they both sort of have a really really integral part of the show I think that without the musical interludes I think it will be too much I think you kind of need you kind of need like a little a little break in between you don't get you don't get that many famous harmonica players really I think Max Geldray is I honestly I love I, I love Max Geldray's music and um I always look forward to Ray Ellington's songs he's got such a lovely he's got he's got one of those voices that you just just kind of makes you feel yeah. a bit
0: better. Cho chocolatey, isn't it? Chocolatey. Yeah, boss.
1: yeah. I um when I when I was like at the height of my goon obsession, um, so I was what, uh maybe about 22. <laughs> um I uh got a hamster. Um it was like this this it wasn't like your normal everyday kind. It was like a long-haired black rock and roll looking hamster. It had like really long fur and little pink <sighs> paws, and he was very cute. And I called him Ellington. Ah, after Ray, um, and his fa- <laughs> his very favorite thing in the world was onion buggies.
0: Oh, and why not?
1: He loved them He right. loved him. Um, Yeah, and uh, he always, whenever, I, whenever, I, whenever, like I was listening to the Goon Show, would always like, kind of like have a little, have a little sniff outside and sort of like come and sit with me, and it was really nice. <laughs> good uh, old Ellington. He was I, good take
0: lad. It, I take it Ellington has disappeared up to that. Sort of hamster cage in the sky. Oh,
1: it? it oh, it was a it was a really sad it was a really sad traumatic rock and roll death. Um, he, <laughs> he escaped, and um, I I like I put food out for him. I tried I tried to lure him with treats. Um, nothing happened, and then oh, don't laugh. Honestly, I was sorry. I, I was devastated. Sorry. I I wept. <laughs> oh. um, but, uh, <laughs> the
0: reason I'm laughing, when I mean, you said rock and roll death, I was thinking, hang on, did he drive a Rolls Royce into a swimming pool?
1: Close enough. He, I found <laughs> that he 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 drowned in the sink, oh. in the little in the little washing up bowl and sink. Oh. And, uh Yeah. So it was it was quite rock story. It was Sorry, fitting. Uh, it was it was a fitting it was a fitting end for a very rock and roll hamster, who. Um, uh, you know, was, was named after, you know, a, a, a musical legend as far as, as, yeah. far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, yeah, uh,
0: poor old Ellington. Oh, well, let's have a moment silence for Ellington.
1: For <laughs> don't, don't think you need one. All right. I,
0: um, <laughs> I, I found out, by the way. I don't know if this is true. Apparently, because um, Ray Ellington's son, Lance, is is a musician. Right. Uh, and I believe he he's, um, regularly plays on Strictly.
1: Oh uh, I'm Not
0: sure in what in what capacity. I, I don't watch strictly Come Dancing, so
1: I I must admit i love strictly. I'm not like a, one of those super fans who has to know everything about it. Though. But uh, yeah, it's um, I haven't really watched it this year. But um, yeah, yeah uh, hang on, just, I'm just I'm just googling yeah. no, well, while we're here. Why absolutely. not? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he does. He sings because it's like a live orchestra. He's one of the singers.
0: Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. So, yeah, so we get this explosion at the end and then Wallace turns up and, uh, well, he shaves Bloodnock's hair and then gives it back to him as tobacco, essentially. Yeah, um, very, and, very good of him. And then, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely. Other use. And, yeah, and then we get the end credits now, the the the, the, the theme music at the end and it swells. And then um, normally you'd have Wallace reading out the credits, but in the restored full version, you've got Wallace interrupting the theme tune. As occasionally, occasionally it, that would happen, very occasionally. Mm. The goons asked me to thank all of you who sent in batter puddings. After last week's show, we've been inundated with them. But now, of course, they are all balded. So if any of you have any spare wigs, tufts of crepe hair, well, remember us, won't you? Thank you. <laughs> The, the goons did do continuity around this time yeah. and there would be, be callbacks uh i mentioned the um that documentary that uh lit off the bbc when they uh, interviewed sellers that was that was during the recording of the last episode of series five uh and the, and the very beginning of that show you have, before before Wallace even says this is the BBC, you've got Seagoon struggling in chains. Oh, eh, now if I can just get my left leg under my arm, else friend <laughs> This is the BBC Home Service. And uh, the previous episode, The White Box of Great Bardfield, uh, Seagoon is struggling in chains. and uh, so again you know that's a callback and you and you'd get that you'd get references to previous shows all through series five i like that
1: yeah no i like i like that as well because yeah they weren't in a vacuum but they were in their own little universe which is which is nice because it it feels like you've got a nice place to go and visit when you go back to them
0: absolutely so heather listen i think um i think we've you know we've we've pretty much covered this episode i think uh, we've had a good, good
1: laugh good job. I, yes i certainly have thank you so much for inviting me oh it's um, been a joy
0: it has been a joy uh so what are, you, what are your plans for retro tube in terms of you know forthcoming episodes ideas well
1: <clears throat> i don't think i'm allowed to tell you what what our, our next episode is going to be because you know what adam's like he will mm. he will beat me <laughs> 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 sorry yeah um but we are looking we're going to be looking at things like Hawaii 5 um well that's going to be my obs. um Adam Adamant lives uh, the goodies I oh great him with it yeah. but yeah we're going, to, we're going to be watching that and he is he's, yeah. he's, he's he's mentioned a few things but not none of them mean anything to me so I can never remember I'm such a bad friend but I'm but if he as soon as he says the things I'm like well I can't watch them yet because I have to like keep everything until we're recording because I and we we kind of each need each other's show to be a complete new thing to us.
0: Yes, um, of
1: it's, course. It's, well, it's, a, it's a bit of a thing. But yeah, we we've got we've got loads of stuff that we that we want to watch. I think I think maybe Buck Rogers in the 25th century is one of his that he wants us to do at some point. Um, so yeah, that'll 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 be an interesting one because I know my sisters have talked about it both a lot. Um, so yeah. All kinds of stuff. We just don't have the hours in the day to watch as much television as we'd like to.
0: You know, if ever you want to, um, I don't know, because occasionally you might think, you know what the show needs? It needs a needs a guest and needs a you know a handsome 40-something Kiwi
1: as well, a guest. Do, um Do you know what? We're we're, we're pretty pretty devoid of handsome anybody's on our show. <laughs> 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 yes, you are more than welcome. In fact, um adam does have like his little his little sideline of retro tube where like where he cheats on me. um <laughs> <women>. <laughs> the,
0: the problem so is I, though
1: i've i've developed my own now um called retro tube transatlantia where i will watch um really crappy american shows that he would never look at um and i will i will invite other guests onto that so if you would like to record with me at any point that would be lovely
0: Oh yeah, what? When you say crappy American shows, do you mean like sort of crappy, sort of Jake and the Fat Man level crappy, or riptide crappy? Have you have you heard of these shows?
1: No, no. Okay, they're no, from the 80s no.
0: um, um See, I would I would love to come and talk about Columbo, but that's something that you both will have seen before, so it's yeah, not.
1: You can't really Lumber.
0: can't really do that.
1: Um, hmm. Like that that level of good. I know. Well,
0: I've just had inspiration. Oh my god. Go on mrs colombo
1: mrs colombo
0: now i'm prepared to bet that i mean you may have seen mrs colombo but i bet no. Adam's, you've never seen mrs colombo
1: no
0: there's an episode there's an episode of mrs colombo and i can tell you all the history about it but there's an episode with a ventriloquist dummy and i'm saying no oh. more <laughs> square all that one away for the future um so heather again look great to have you i definitely want you to come back uh, another time and because as, as i did with adam adam came on and talked about the man who never was yeah. and then um he came back again and talked about a film mm-hmm. talked about dr strange love and he's coming back a third time for god's sake
1: wow. um
0: to talk about the bed sitting room and at, at some right. at some point in the future so i'd like you to come back some point in the future and talk about a film uh, maybe a seller's film or a spike film or even harry Seacum. there's a not not that many
1: even harry seekham it's not that many harry films yeah 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 okay. no that, that would be that would be great i'd be a huge fan of doing that thank you so much for having me honestly it's been a delight thank you
0: thank you again to heather what a force of nature <laughs> uh thank you for listening um as always please uh rate and review in the usual places please follow uh at Goon show pod and also the uh, Goon show preservation society at the gsps i'll be back next time take care bye